So here we are, Luke chapter 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they'd prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They were wondering about this. And suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they didn't believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away wondering to himself what had happened now that same day two of them were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem they were talking with each other about everything that had happened and as they talked and discussed these things with each other Jesus himself came up and walked along with them but they were kept from recognizing him he asked them What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it's the third day since all this took place. And in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they couldn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Didn't the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening, the day's almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, weren't our hearts burning when he took within us while we walked? And sorry, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up 
and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke the bread. Thanks, Suz, and good morning, everyone, and happy Easter. My name is Mark. If you haven't met, I'm one of the, the pastors here at Trinity Church Modern. It's wonderful to be with you on this special morning. And I feel like I'm stealing a bit of Stephen's introduction from a couple of days ago when I, when I say this, but, but we're used to having people try to scam us, aren't we? Um, just a sad reality of the, the world we live in today. Um, whether it's mum texting you from the supermarket saying that she's forgotten her card and needs you to transfer $300 to her brand new bank accounts, uh, or whether it's overdue toll fees you've somehow managed to accrue despite living in a state that doesn't have <laughs> road tolls. Um, scams are everywhere. And sometimes they're so bad, aren't they, that, it, that it's hilarious. You, you think to yourself, how does any self-respecting scam artist think that this is going to fool anyone? But then other times, they're scarily good. And the reason I mention this is because if there wasn't a real person called Jesus who really rose from the dead, then Easter must be history's greatest scam ever. A bunch of fishermen make up a story about their mate rising from the dead, and 2,000 years later, they've got billions of people fooled. But then on the other hand, if Jesus did really rise from the dead, then it's not the biggest scam in history. It's the very turning point of history. And so we're asking the question this morning, can you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Although maybe the first question to ask is, who cares if Jesus rose from the dead? Does his resurrection matter? Well, on one level, it matters because the whole message of the Bible rests on it. Uh, so a guy called Paul, who wrote more books in the Bible than anyone else, um, this is what he writes in one of those books. Um, he says, doesn't seem to have appeared on the slide that I've put up, but it says, if, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. So in other words, Christianity stands or falls on the resurrection. Paul is saying, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then church and Christianity are worthless. You might as well just eat some chocolates and have some hot cross buns at Easter because that's all it's good for. But, but let's go deeper than that. Let's go deeper. Why does it matter in my life or in your life whether or not Jesus came back to life? Well, we actually saw a clue for that in the passage that we read just before, as those, those two disciples were walking along that road and trying to make sense of, of what had happened over the last couple of days. And, and one of them says, we had hopes that he, Jesus, was the one who was going to redeem Israel. They're, they're saying this right after he's died. Now, to set all of this in context, Israel had been God's chosen people. Um, but things, things had gone badly wrong. They, they turned away from God again and again and again. And now they were living under the rule of the Roman Empire. 
And they knew that this wasn't the way that things were supposed to be. They, they longed for redemption. They longed to be free from the rule of Rome. They, they longed to have that close relationship with God once again, for things to be made right. And so when Jesus came and he taught profound things and he performed amazing miracles, he seemed like the guy who somehow was going to make that happen. He was going to make things right. But now he was dead. And so too was their hope of redemption. And we fast forward 2,000 years to today, and, and though the world is a very different place, that, that longing for redemption is still real. When, when we look around the world and, and we see the impact of war, poverty, climate change, sickness and, and evil in the world around us, or closer to home when we experience injustice, disappointment, grief, pain in our own lives, we long for something better, don't we? We long for, for all the things that are wrong to be set right. Now, we heard a lot in the news, particularly last year, um, with the census results coming in about, about how quickly Australia was turning away from Christianity and, and religion. What I think we've been less quick to abandon is the hope that Christianity gives us in a broken world. Now, particularly in the face of death, that hope we have that our loved ones have gone to a better place. Uh, the hope we have that they're, that they're looking down on us, that we're going to get to see them again one day. I think that's a, that's a much harder hope to let go of. And if Jesus really did rise, then we really can have hope in the face of death. Why? Well, because Jesus has conquered death. He's been there and he's made it back alive. So if Jesus really did rise, then there really is hope for redemption. There's going to be a day when, in the, in the words of Revelation 21, and right near the end of the Bible, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things will have passed away. So if Jesus really did rise, then that is a day that we're going to get to see if we've put our trust in him. Uh, and the reason for that is because his resurrection proves what we heard two days ago on Good Friday. Uh, that Jesus wasn't just an ordinary man who was crucified on a Roman cross, but that he was and is the extraordinary saviour of the world who was crucified on that cross to save us. So if Jesus really did rise, then it's unbelievably good news. But is it simply unbelievable? It brings us to our next point. Why might we, can we really believe that Jesus has risen? Uh, why might we find it unbelievable that Jesus was resurrected? I think the obvious reason for that is that because people don't come back to life after they die. It, it, it just doesn't happen. We, we know that that sort of thing doesn't happen. Uh, and I, I think we can have this mentality that People back then, 2,000 years ago, they, they were just stupid and gullible enough to believe that sort of thing. But today, we've, we've got science, we've got technology. We're, we're, we're too smart for that. We would never believe that sort of thing. But it doesn't quite stack up as we read through Luke's Gospel because, because we see that even for people back then, this was an unbelievable event. 
Uh, so Jesus, while he was still alive, he told his disciples at least a couple of times that he was going to die and he was going to come back to life. Uh, so back in chapter 9, uh, Jesus said, um, the Son of Man, so he's, he's talking about himself there, must suffer many things, be rejected, and he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. Uh, again, later, later on in chapter 18, Jesus says, um, the Son of Man will be delivered over to the Gentiles, he'll be mocked, insulted, spat on, flogged, killed, and on the third day, he will rise again. So Jesus, he's told them clearly, hasn't he? I'm going to die, and I'm going to rise again on the third day. And yet when it happens, they don't believe it, do they? Um, the women, they, they go to the tomb, not expecting him to find, a, to find him alive, just wanting to, to dress his body in spices. Um, but when the women come back and, and tell the other disciples about the, the angels and the empty tomb, the, the disciples don't believe them because the words just sound like nonsense. Uh, then we've got those, those two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And notice, it's, it's the third day, the day that Jesus said he was going to rise. And what are they doing? They're, they're leaving Jerusalem. They're, they're walking away from Jerusalem. They're not expecting anything to happen. They're a bit like, um, a bit like sports fans walking out of the stadium in the last quarter when they, when they know that their team is going to lose, which hopefully no power supporters did last night. Um, hey, don't boo, they, they won. I'm <laughs> talking them up. Um, but even when the disciples, even when they finally see Jesus face to face, they, they still can't believe that he's really alive. Uh, put simply, the resurrection of Jesus was as incredible back then and, as it is today. And yet we've got a couple of compelling reasons uh, to believe that it is actually true. And, and the first one of those is the physical evidence. Um, so the disciples back then, they were, they were given a whole lot of physical evidence that Jesus was alive. So firstly, the, the empty tomb, that's a, that's a starter. Then you had the angels giving, giving the message. And then finally, they got to see the risen Jesus face to face. What about for us today? Well, we don't get to see Jesus face to face in the same way that they did, but but we have a whole lot of evidence in front of us. All right, let's put it all on the table. Here, here are the facts that we have to deal with for, for whether or not the resurrection happens. Um, so firstly, Jesus was a real person who was really crucified at that time. Um, it's not just in the Bible that, that we read that. No serious historian today denies that, that they'll admit that there was a real person called Jesus and he was really crucified. Um, secondly, the message of his resurrection quickly spread and, and became the foundation for a whole new group of people. Um, we've got heaps of evidence, not just in the Bible, but from all sorts of sources um, of how quickly the news of Jesus' resurrection spread, despite how these early Christians were being persecuted for their faith. Uh, and the third fact that we've got is that the body of Jesus was never found. Now, that would have disproven Christianity in a, in a second if they managed to find Jesus' body, but it never happened. So those, those are the facts we've got to deal with. There's a whole lot of explanations that get, get thrown around to deal with this. Um, maybe Jesus was taken down from the cross before he died. Uh, maybe his body was stolen. Maybe they looked for him in the wrong tomb. Uh, maybe the disciples all just had hallucinations of seeing him. Maybe the resurrection was just a myth that, that developed 
over time. Now, those, those explanations all, all seem good in, in different ways, but, but when we drill into them, none of them quite make sense of the facts. Uh, they don't explain the spread, the quick spread of the message or the willingness of Jesus' disciples to die proclaiming that message. And so the physical evidence gives us really good reason for believing that Jesus rose from the dead. And yet it isn't the main way that God has given for us for making the resurrection of Jesus known. Um, Probably because even the most rational person in the world can decide to believe what they want to believe rather than just following the evidence. And I'm sure if we're, if we're all being honest, we can think of times when that's been true for us. The most compelling reason to, to believe in the resurrection is that the message of the Bible bears witness to it. It's God's word that shows us that Jesus rose from the dead. So even for the disciples back then, even with all of the physical evidence that they had In front of them, God wants them to see that it's his word that proves this to be true. Um, If you think about it, like the chapter that we read, just it seems quite long and drawn out, doesn't it, for what happened? Like Jesus could have just waited at the tomb, couldn't he, for the women to come? That that would have made it pretty obvious. But instead, there are angels there to to remind them of the words that Jesus said. Had spoken, so so they they tell they tell the the women he's not here he's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And and the women they remember Jesus' words as they hear this. They're reminded, yes, Jesus did say that. And then we've got the disciples. On the road, it's, it's, it's a funny little episode, isn't it? The disciples seeing Jesus face to face, but not being able to recognize him. Um, and because instead of just allowing them to recognize him, and that would, have, that would have made it pretty quick, Jesus instead makes the most of them not recognizing him to, to be able to explain to them how everything in God's word points to him dying and rising. Uh, so there in verses 25 to 27, he, he says to them, did not the Messiah, that's, that's Jesus, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Uh, so when Jesus talks about Moses and, and the prophets here and all of scriptures, he's talking about what we today would call the Old Testament. So the, the makes up the majority of the Bible, and it, and it covers events that happened hundreds, even thousands of years before Jesus' lifetime. And Jesus, Jesus is saying these words that, that were written down hundreds of thousands of years ago, they were all about me. They were showing that, that I was going to die and that I was going to be raised back to life. And that's an extraordinary claim to make. Isn't it? And, and yet it's compelling. The disciples, they say to each other afterwards, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And yet it's, it's a bit funny, isn't it? Because they're prevented from recognizing Jesus while he's saying these things. It's only when they, they get to the house and Jesus breaks the bread in front of them that they're actually able to recognize him. And you, and, and you think, well, why is that? What, what is it about breaking the bread that, that helps them to recognize who he is. 
And if, we, if we've read through all of Luke's gospel up to this point, there, there are two places where Jesus breaks bread. Um, so the first time was um, back near the start of Luke, where he performed a miracle by, by feeding 5,000 people with, with just a handful of bread loaves. Uh, and by doing that, he was reminding people of how God in the Old Testament had miraculously provided food for his people in the desert. Uh, so then the second time Jesus broke bread was the Last Supper. It was just before he died. And so putting these two together, breaking the bread, it, it kind of visually connects Jesus' death to the Old Testament and all the promises that God made there. And it's that it's at that moment that they recognize Jesus, that they recognize that, that all of the Bible is pointing to him. And perhaps the reason that Jesus disappears at that moment is because they don't need the physical evidence anymore. They, they can see from God's word that this is Jesus, that this is what had to happen. They can see from God's word that it's all true. Don't know, do, you, do you forget that when, you, when you're reading a mystery novel or, or you're watching a kind of a thriller movie and, and you get to the end and suddenly it all just makes sense. You see how all the, all the little clues along the way that you didn't even think about at the time, you see how they were setting it up for what was going to happen at the end. Suddenly it all makes sense. You see how it all fits together. Well, it's a bit like that with the Bible, except that it's, it's not just one human author who's written it it's it's about 40 different authors over thousands of years and yet it perfectly fits together every step of the way to show us not only that jesus had to die not only that jesus had to rise but that that is the very hinge that human history turns on and so if you're here this morning and and you're not quite sure about the resurrection not not quite sure whether you you believe it or not, or whether it's something you ever could believe in, why not read the Bible and decide for yourself? Decide for yourself if, if the message of Jesus being raised back to life is compelling and believable. Now, I realize it's a big book. That's a, that's a fair bit of time that I'm just asking you to, to commit there. You, you may want to just start in Luke's Gospel, which is the book that we're reading at the moment. Um, we've got free copies of it on the table. You can, you can grab a copy afterwards. It'll, it'll take probably a couple of hours to, to read through. Feel free to grab one as you go. You may want to take it home, read it yourself, maybe read it with someone who you know, who, who, um, who can help you and, and answer questions as you go. Um, we've also got copies of another book at the back, um, which is called Is Easter Unbelievable? It, it ties in quite well with the, the series that we're doing. Um, it's very short, it's very clear, and, it's, and it asks the hard questions about Jesus. It, it asks, was, was Jesus a real person? Was it right that he died? Did he really rise from the dead? And why would we want to believe in him anyway? It tackles each of those questions in a, in a really succinct way. Um, so if those are questions that are on your mind, or, or you know someone who does have those questions on their mind, feel free to grab a copy of the book as you head out. It's our gift to you today. And of course, you're welcome to come along to our Life series as well, which um, kicks off in May. Uh, so over four Monday nights, we're, we're going to look at what the Bible says about Jesus. Um, we're going to think about whether, whether it's true, um, whether it's good, and whether it's worth believing in as well. Um, it's a really relaxed four weeks. The idea of it is we just provide the most relaxed environment possible for you to come along, ask whatever questions you want, 
and decide for yourself what you think about Jesus. Uh, Now, if you are a follower of Jesus, then I hope that Luke's account of the resurrection gives you confidence in the power and the purpose of God's word to, to help people to believe in Jesus. Now, it's nice to have the, the right answers when people ask us questions. It's handy to, to have some good arguments up our sleeve for, for why Christianity is true. But, but what matters most is depending on God's word as we do that. Because that's how God has chosen to bring people to faith. It's through his word and by his Holy Spirit. How great was it just hearing from Soz just earlier about, about the lady who, who had come to faith through hearing God's word. Our best evangelism strategy is to prayerfully point people to the Bible, to show them Jesus, to show how great he is, to show them what hope we have in him. Um, for all of us, no matter what we believe, whether, whether church is a normal thing for you or not, in those times when, when we're weighed down by a world that's full of pain and, and full of uncertainty, when we're weighed down by a world that we know is just not right. Well, if Jesus was raised from the dead, then in those times we can know that we have the hope of redemption. That one day things are going to be set right. The, the brokenness that we see in the world all around us is going to be set right. The hurts and the struggles and the pains in our own lives they're going to be set right. Everything that's wrong in the world, set right forever. It's unbelievably good news, isn't it? And yet the message of Easter is that we can believe it. So let's pray and give thanks. Our loving God, we are so thankful for Easter. Thank you that your son Jesus died for our sins and that he was raised back to life so that we could have redemption. We praise you that death has been defeated. And we thank you for your word, which bears witness to the awesome news of your son's resurrection. As we long for that redemption to come, help us to fix our eyes on him. Amen.